I'm just a boy from Kansas out to save the world from chronic disease. And I truly mean that. Nobody is in control of your health but you. I can't heal you. Your doctor can't heal you. You have to heal you. And it's all about having the education and empowerment to know what you need to be changing within yourself, within your life, to set your soul free and accomplish that best life that we all like to talk about. And I truly believe that the greatest medicine of all is to teach people how not to need it. I'm Brendan Vermeyer, the original Holistic Savage. Welcome to the Holistic Savage Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Holistic Savage Podcast, where we love or I love talking about all things functional medicine, functional fitness, functional spirituality, functional psychology, kind of the, the pillars of it. So all things holistic health. And, you know, it's really such an honor to be able to do this podcast and get to talk to some of my friends and my colleagues who are all just industry experts and have a wealth of knowledge and experience in different areas, because ultimately, you know, my mission here is really all about teaching people how not to need medicine. I think that's the greatest medicine of all. So today I'm joined with my good friend and colleague, Karen Hubert. Karen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. I'm super excited to uh, talk to you today because, you know, I know you pretty darn well and I just, I could not think more highly of you. You're super sweet, super kind, super generous with your time. I mean, you're, you're so good at building rapport and relationships and so personable and you're doing amazing work professionally. And um, I've heard bits and pieces of your story, you know, over time. And every time I hear about it, I'm just kind of enchanted. Like, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Um, so I'm excited to explore some of this with you today. And so to kind of kickstart the conversation, um, you know, if somebody walked up to you at, at one of these conferences or something and they're like, Karen, who are you? What are you all about? I see you everywhere. I hear your name everywhere. How would you answer that if, if somebody asked you what you're all about? Ooh. Big I question. Would have, yeah. I, I would say that my, my illness uh, years ago has led to a passion uh, that really, when I joined the realm of holistic care uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, time's flying, um, I, I never expected this because I was in the legal field. I was in something totally different. And my illness had left me with something unexplainable. So I had to go and find out how to get well and then heal. And then once I started on that journey, I was sort of looking for those around me that uh, were suffering like I was. And I, it was not easy to find. So it, therefore, the, the journey continued. And before I knew it, 10 years had passed. And I just keep trying to share my story because there, now the conversation is bigger and people are suffering like I was. And so I'm, I'm sort of in a new trek of um, finding more heroes. Uh, you're one of them. Dr. Shaw is one of them. Rachel Fresco is one of them. Finding more heroes and connecting them with more people to get well faster than I did. So I'm on a trek. And it doesn't seem to be ending. I tried to retire, just become like a Walmart greeter a couple times, but they don't seem to, to I can't seem to uh, switch that over. So I'm here for the long haul, I think. Oh, uh, that's good. I mean, even though I do think you'd be the 
best Walmart greeter that ever existed <laughs> and just make all of the customers very happy. I think, I think you're, you're here for higher reasons, you know, and I love hearing that because, you know, I think anybody that gets into the holistic health space, that that's the thing that we all have in common is we were going through life, doing our thing, whatever that was, and, you know, illness or tragedy or whatever it is that, that really kind of knocks us down. And it's that yeah. path of how do I get my health back? And then anybody that goes through their own health crisis, it's like, how could you not then want to devote yourself to helping others with the same stuff? I think that's kind of the beautiful organic experience of, you know, the, the higher path unraveling before you. So if you don't mind, or to whatever degree you feel comfortable sharing, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, the beginning of starting with kind of the illness of um, what health struggles you went through, and we can progress onwards. Sure. Well, uh, I was just thinking as I had said that out loud, sometimes I do try to shock people into conversation. Uh, when they, when you ask, you know, how'd you get into this or what happened to you or how would you describe yourself? Sometimes I say I am a former adult onset autistic patient, fully recovered and now on a passion to help others with what I call chemical induced traumatic brain injury and mm. they're like uh yeah what? and it's it's usually because i i i think that uh, in general autism doesn't get or any sort of brain stuff uh doesn't get the the true picture that uh, people need to see or that recovery isn't spoken about enough mm-hmm. so that's why i do say it in such a shocking manner uh, and then i have their attention and then i give them my timeline and then try to share the hundreds, if not thousands of families that I have met with children that have been affected. Mm. So, so the timeline has been, uh, I, I did have some, um, difficulty growing up. Um, I had some concussions, quite a few actually. Mm. And then, uh, was uh, I remember being lined up in school for vaccinations and right after it didn't go well in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Right after that, I was hospitalized for kidney disorder, became a 180 plus pound um, teenager. And then, you know, in my teens, uh, didn't do well in school, couldn't focus, couldn't retain anything. And then was, you know, then you're out of school and you're on your own. So I started college and couldn't couldn't manage and started different courses instead my brain was not there uh for for many many years then fast forward a little bit to in my 30s um i spent a decade with declining health that looked a, a bit hypochondriac because one day it would be fine and one day i was manic uh, or depressed, or uh, glazed over, and then it grew to seizures, uh, falling down a lot. And um, at, at this point in my 30s, you realized this candida slash mold thing probably was the connection. Let's go find a doctor. Mm-hmm. Now, that remember that's 20 plus years ago. We are saturated in the conversation now. This conversation wasn't around. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I went to 12 different practitioners and was uh, ready to get in my car and go sweat it out in a teepee in Asheville, North Carolina, because I 
had no other plan and nothing yeah. else was working. Uh, they said, you have fibromyalgia, maybe ALS, MS, we're not sure. But the symptom list was quite remarkable. I had uh, what I would call a freezing type seizure. I could be stuck staring and you would have to come and move me to bring me out of it. And it could happen anywhere. Uh, I would fall down for no reason, mm. losing uh, strength in my legs. Uh, I, I felt like I was looking through Vaseline uh, glazed over glasses. So I, and, and it wasn't the same every day. So I went through several pairs of prescriptions. Uh, I had a palsy inside of my face. I had cystic acne that covered my entire chin that looked like a flesh-eating bacteria, like half dollar size. Um, I lost hearing in, in my ear. I was then uh, progressively, my handwriting changed and I was hand flapping like, a, like an autistic child. Uh, at the very peak, I, uh, I, I used to couldn't say this out loud because I used to get very symptomatic, but now I, I can see that it's uh, necessary to share some of these things. This is as an adult in my 30s and I would ask my husband to put me behind a door, beg him actually and squeeze, just push, mm -hmm. or use a pillow, whatever, but I, was, I felt shattered. And until I had that squeezing effect, was I able to take a deep breath and be over it and be okay. Um, I would twist my hands until my wrists hurt as a stemming action. And then later found out uh, through uh, what we know now is those are a lot of the same symptoms as an autistic child. But it, was, but it was on set. Mm -hmm. So I, there was no one like me. I had no one to compare to. I didn't have a support group to go to and say, oh, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. That happens to me as well. So the more, you know, the more you tell your story, the more you sound like a hypochondriac. And, you know, doctors are, are speaking to each other, calling each other about my case and saying, I have no idea what's wrong with her. So let's just do some Paxil. And remember, you are 38, so you are getting older, and you—we uh, don't know. <laughs> we yeah. just throw out things we don't know. Uh, it took after the last neurology appointment, where I would again—I would—I ended up in the emergency room several times with an anxiety attack, be in a wheelchair for hours, and walk out. So it didn't look real. That's what happened in the last neurology appointment that I went to. I entered. I'd have a fallout in a wheelchair, uh, many, many labs run half a day later, there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I went home and we were preparing for death. Uh, but we decided between my husband, my mom and I, was be, this is going to be a terrible slow death because nothing is gaugeable except that I couldn't lay down and I couldn't stand up without feeling terrible. I could only lay in a certain position in a lazy boy chair. So we don't know if this is weeks or months, but it's getting worse. They went to work. Uh, I couldn't even walk to the mailbox. I turned the television on and a gentleman wrote a book called The Fungus Link. It was a brand new book. And he described me on that day. And I called the TV station immediately and ordered the book and realized uh, I'd also, you know, I was in a legal field, but I was also working at a health food store trying to figure out my own health. Yeah, this mold fungus candida thing can affect your brain greatly. Mm -hmm. And it evidently had. And that's when I started my healing journey. 
but it was all a guessing game. And it was uh, journaling to see what, what felt good, what didn't, what didn't feel good. And with these types of illnesses, you can do everything right and feel bad. So the, the, the journaling uh, was the only way to, to gauge each day. But I could lose days. I could lose days and not remember uh, where I was or, or I could lose a moment. I could be watching a television show and look like someone turned a page or turned the channel and I didn't catch that moment. So did I miss something? It was, it was very progressive. Mm-hmm. I then um, decided to self-train, uh, learn all things microbial and uh, stalked one of my heroes, Dr. Shaw with Great Plains Laboratory, being in Charleston, I, I thought, well, we don't have enough holistic care in our, in our town. And this man just, he, he's a genius. He writes about uh, how to test for it, how to address it. And he, he, they got close enough with a, a clinic in Atlanta. So I drove there, shockingly, because uh, um, it took me, what should be a five-hour drive, it took me about, it took me, almost 12 hours to get there, but I was determined. I ended up taking their all-day course and then ended up helping at their autism clinic throughout the weekend because I was enamored. So I said, you just do your thing. I'll travel and just learn and pretty much worked for him for free for a while. And then they let me join the team. I worked for Dr. Shaw for eight years. We did many autism clinics. I met hundreds and hundreds of families with children that were affected so you know i got to see what that meant the spectrum when someone is slightly affected or someone is Mm multi-affected and you can see it in labs the more they are affected with uh, vitamin deficiencies multi-pathogens maybe mom had a rogam shot you can see the extremely affected child which is more difficult to turn around um that's that's probably where this is a an area where I will be the rest of my life. Yeah. When when it's time to uh, change gears, it will be uh, a nonprofit online. Uh, let's get there as fast as we can for parents to uh, view resources and make it very simple. The simple picture of how these kids are affected with some of the the best and simple fastest way that people have followed. To, to on their way out because mm-hmm. now being that I've seen this many affected kids I've seen and been a part of many lives that have been fully recovered and we want to see that duplicate and bring hope to people so this all led to working for another hero uh, Rachel Fresco so uh, while, while I was with uh, Great Plains I noticed that a lot of labs came back with an autistic child has commonly C. diff and candida uh, but it was an autism mom that first introduced me to this purple liquid called biocidin. And you had to put a drop of it because it was that powerful in a large amount of water for an autistic child because you could have, you could, you know, turn on some more sensory issues or sleep issues. And then my discovery after a few years was meeting her and now been with her for seven years. So nice to see this purple liquid help take it around the world it's grown globally uh we're helping a lot of people and meeting fun people like you that your 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 heartbeat for me because 
now I, before I knew it, I got here and I was like one of the old chicks <laughs> seeing young people like you come up and with this much passion as you have. So I say to all my young friends, now it's time for you to stand on our shoulders and reach higher than we did. Uh, but, but let's hope that we can turn, you know, turn the tide on, on, on some of this diagnosis because it's, it's just so out of control. Mental, mental health and gut brain connection mm-hmm. is just out of control. So uh, I, I know for autism families, they, they get to a point where they say, I'm, I'm tired of autism, I'm tired of talking about it, I'm tired of living it, I'm tired of cooking for it. Uh, and I get it. They, and they give up. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I hope in this plan to come that we can uh, refresh some people and get them back to the steps that it can take to recovery. Yeah. Man, you know, so many good things to uh, dive into here. Because to, you know, thinking back to the beginning of, of your story and your illness and, and your symptoms and you know, I like, I hope listeners really take the time of even though, okay, like a a five minute description of your illness. But for you, it wasn't five minutes, it was a life, it was 30 plus years of these ups and downs with your health, these struggling with complaints and symptoms and conditions that then ultimately led to this kind of, you know, final, um, you know, turn of events where things are, are worse than ever. And you're, you were struggling with at like, I can't even really imagine like what a hard journey. And we all have those, or a lot of us that have struggled with these different uh, conditions and illnesses. Um, but it, it, it makes me think of kind of like the chronic Lyme people and it's just years and years Ooh. of yeah, um, just like, nobody's got this figured out. And to think about you know, I feel like I'm I'm pretty, I, I've got a pretty good grip on kind of the current state of the industry right now. So trying to think of how it was, you know, 20 something years ago, and it's because it's not even where it should be now. This stuff is not as mainstream, which you know has been kind of a learning curve for me because yeah, I mean, in some ways, I'm still kind of an up and comer and, and whatever. And so I thought like, Oh yeah, like organic acid testing. Who doesn't know about that? Biocidin. Who doesn't know about that? Or environmental acquired illness and mycotoxicosis. I mean, don't we don't we all know about this? But no. I mean, even in our industry, it's just now really starting to get big and gain traction. So to think about what that, how hard that had to have been for you to go through twenty something years ago when it wasn't. It, to say that it wasn't mainstream back then, it wasn't even. Yeah. Mainstream an alternative medicine field. that's true it uh, the the barely a conversation then uh you actually have doctors uh saying that these uh, symptoms could not exist or the conditions that i'm reading and researching about that was was that before the internet i don't know <laughs> we we did we didn't just go home and google we had to actually look this up in books and then be told you, you read too much. That's the problem. The more you read, the more you come back in here with these symptoms. When in fact, the, the problem was you're, you're hiding most of the time. You're hiding from your friends. You're hiding from work. You're hiding even from the doctors. And, and it was the time whenever I thought, oh, I see the problem. The problem is I'm not listing all my symptoms for one physician so that he can really wrap his head around it and 
fix this issue. So we're going to, we're going to start uh, listing all the symptoms. And it was the old fashioned fax machine papers that were, uh, golly, I'm telling my age, uh, attached together. And it just looked ridiculous. But I thought, well, that's the, that's what I need to do is, is to make the list. So I started carrying that list around with me to the doctor's offices, thinking I was, we're just missing the conversation. Like you said, it wasn't even a conversation. I thought, well, I'll draw more conversation. And then I would add to it with the, with the psychosis part to see if that was it. Doc, these are the physical symptoms, but the, let me just go ahead and share with you, doc. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of um, color around your head, little little rainbow effect. Like, does that do anything for you? And they're like, okay, let's getting <laughs> weirder now. Right. <laughs> and and uh, memory loss, memory loss in your 30s, yeah. uh, walking out of a store, and as if someone did turn the page, I did not know where my car was, what day it was, if I had brought a purse. Why was I on that side of town? And then go find someone with a uniform to help me. Mm-hmm. The, the psychosis part was, was really heavy. Uh, and no, that didn't help. But later in some of Dr. Shaw's teachings, what I learned is that some of the arabinose effect can be that oral looking around, around, the, face, around the head of someone. And that's what I, you know, it's a visual thing, it's what I was seeing. Uh, I would go to autism conferences and, and they, were, they would talk about uh, how autistic kids are enamored with circles. And, and I realized that that was part of my psychosis too. I would draw them so, and that, was be, that would be calming for me. Mm-hmm. Some of my self-stimming, uh, uh, um, over-sensory issues. issues. If, if I was in a loud place, something that had too much pattern, the list was so long, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot believe that I'm where I'm at now. I, I'll be 60 next year. I take zero medications, and I have more brain power than I've had in my whole entire life. And if I, if I, I do diagnostics uh, just to tweak things, because I do travel a lot. I'm in moldy hotels. My mold numbers are up now, uh, but I'm not affected the same way. I, I handle things faster so that I can so I can go faster. And my plan is to uh, hopefully stay in this trend for the next 20, 30 years to be on no medications, keep doing diagnostics so I can tweak things and you know I continue with uh, the older I get, the better I feel trend. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's a beautiful thing. It's that's obviously, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. And, um, I've got to say, like, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty spiritual dude and I just really feel like we were put on each other's paths, you know, for a reason. Cause yeah. it's, it's pretty, um, remarkable where I remember when I, I first met you and I'm kind of hearing your story of like, okay, I know, you know, work for biobotanical and, Oh, used to work for great plains. Like, well, I love organic acid testing. Let's <laughs> talk about that. And you know what was crazy? It I actually just realized this within the past two years because at first, um, you know, we're we're drawn to the things that resonate with us, obviously. And so, um, you know, in regards to like lab testing, I really got kind of fixated on this organic acid stuff because 
well, that was the stuff that helped me overcome my health issues. Or I literally just yesterday posted a, a 10 page article about, um, you know, my ex fiance suffering from mold illness. And I didn't know it at the time because, you know, it was, it was early on, but it set me on my path. But even like with oh. Great Plains Laboratory, I did not realize uh, Great Plains Laboratory was located in my backyard until about two years ago. And fun fact, you know, so I was born in, in Shawnee, Kansas. Um, and the very first home that I ever lived in as a baby is literally uh, the, the laboratory is right outside the neighborhood. We're talking like two minutes walking distance. <laughs> you know, I dropped I off a, a test kit the other the other week and I saw Dr. Shaw walking across the parking lot. And I was like, oh, well, how yeah. about that? It, you know, yeah. it's just weird the way the way things work out. But it really is. You know, the the sad thing, like with with autism spectrum, or even zooming out beyond that, ADD, ADHD, uh, any kind of psychiatric disturbance. You know, obviously the gut brain connection is really starting to gain a lot more traction in the alternative functional world these days. But I loved what you said um, uh, about kind of your description of yourself as like a adult, you know, rapid onset autistic type um, illness. And I like kind of the the sticker shock effect of that, because what I found, you know, I've worked with a few autistic children, I, I intend and want and, you know, really desire to work with a lot more. Um, and it, it can be a touchy subject, obviously, because, you know, mm -hmm. you've got parents that they've kind of accepted the the conventional dogma of like, hey, it is what it is. They were born this way. There's nothing you can do about it. Da, 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 da. Um, and so anytime, you know, I find myself, I remember one time I was talking to a friend and I don't remember what her specific job title was, but, you know, she works with kids with autism from more of a uh, kind of therapeutic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of talking about, oh, well, I'm really passionate about helping kids like that because uh, blah, blah, blah. And I, she got super kind of gung-ho of like, there is no cure for autism and, duh, duh, and she, like almost kind of attacking me. I'm just like, yes. I'm not saying there's a cure. I'm saying if you have a car and you don't take care of the car, you don't get your oil changed, you don't put the right fuel in, you don't change the tires, you're not giving the car proper maintenance for that type of car, that car is not going to run very well. It's not going to last as long. Whether we're talking about a normal, just regular functioning human or somebody with autism spectrum, we have to cater, you know, the lifestyle, the environment, the nutrition, the, you know, identify the common stressors to their physiology. And so with autism, people just don't understand. A lot of these children do have chronic uh, invasive candida or uh, toxicity or, you know, MTHFR mutations that they can't properly detox. They just, they don't know these very common patterns. And then right. that's, of course, where, you know, Dr. William Shaw, uh, wow, absolutely developing a test that, you know, the organic acid test, which everybody knows me for by this point, mm -hmm. that test was developed out of autism research that, you know, it was yes. made for that demographic. Absolutely. Uh, that that connection uh, to me was world changing when he mm -hmm. when he made that connection. Uh, what grabbed me one of the markers on that test for my own health 
was the fact that I kept having a lower leg weakness and falling down. So I was intermittently in a wheelchair many times during, during that period. And it was the tartaric acid. Mm. I think he made that discovery with twins that couldn't go up the stairs. And when I had my, my first test run and saw the tartaric acid off the charts and then changed the diet from anything that had tartaric in it and could reduce the candida production of tartaric, my, my leg strengthened. Mm-hmm. So that, that's when I took it a step further and thought, my goodness, uh, though it was um, an autism connection discovery, how many more people might, even the elderly who have a high tartaric, this is far reaching. I must go help him with this test and help spread the word. You know, it was like, this is world changing. It still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still is. He, he has changed my life. And, and he will forever be one of my heroes. Uh, Dr. Shaw now is enjoying the 10th Annual Integrative Medicine for Mental Health Conference next week, which I'll be attending. Um, we started off with five practitioners who didn't see these connections. And now it's 500 plus practitioners, which is exciting because a lot of them can see the connection of using certain medications when necessary for mental health. Um, but along with that, the diagnostics of inflammatories, uh, inflammation process or food sensitivities, uh, opiate effect of mm. uh, that, that you're feeding a child with, with autism, you know, macaroni and cheese, which is a double drug yeah. for them these doctors can connect that. They can uh, use the med when necessary, do dietary changes, reduce the heavy metals, fix the minerals, uh, the mineral levels. There's so many things that they can do now. And that's where all the recovery is coming from. So I go back to those first conferences 10, 15 years ago when I met hundreds of parents that said, no, no, they, no, they weren't born with this. Mm-hmm. This is a picture of my kid before autism. This is, they were fully fine. This is the picture of my kid after after their diagnosis or after it's too bad because you're on a political front and you're and you're on trying to you're trying to recover your kid at the same time so it wears a lot of parents out and I get it it's hard to fight both so they were trying to choose a side and just recover their kid and hope that their second kid and their third kid would not be in the same boat well here I was after my first small conference of Dr. Shaw's and I came back, I was working for a physician and got him to take on autism. And a mom walked in and she says, I have three autistic children. I felt like I'd been to a Holiday Inn Express and I knew everything there was to know about autism. I was like, come on in, this is fixable. Like, I don't know how to fix it, but I'm sure that we can start turning this around. And all three are recovered. Mm. They they live in my town. They, they, the one just entered, entered college. The second one's graduating this coming year. The third one's 14. When they showed up, they were hand-flapping, spinning, orange-colored, uh, non-verbal. The list is long. So you can't tell me that it can't be recovered and that they were born like this and they're going to be like this forever. I have, there's just too much visual experience, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids, and mm-hmm. heard about thousands of cases of kids that get recovered. So 
if that's one thing that a parent might hear on on this interview, they take away from it. My feeling is it's never too late. Don't ever stop. Because you know what we have right now, Brendan? We have the, the kids when I started off in this realm, they're all they're all 18, 21 years old now. And those that we didn't recover, there's a whole cottage industry that we're going to need of how to care for these adults. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, we didn't need that 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago. Things have changed. Things have changed. And they, their, their parents are going to age out. And where, where are we going to uh, house these wonderful individuals? So I feel like, what if you could at least um, take down a level of their anxiety by doing the diagnostics, seeing what their food sensitivities are, their gluten and casein levels, or some of those basic diagnostics so they could bring down their anxiety and they wouldn't be uh, punching their caregiver, fecal smearing, they could sleep better. Any, any level of recovery is better than having them being uncomfortable and unhappy in their own skin and sickly mm-hmm. because they have gut trouble, you know, um, their, their, their brains are inflamed and so they might bang their head. Any help that we can give them to feel better is, is a, a level of recovery that's necessary to keep going for. Exactly. It's, it's, it's so remarkable and powerful, you know, whether, yeah, it's the, the casomorphin, gluteomorphin kind of, and, and that's the thing. There's, there's a lot of these kind of typical uh, offensive things, which, you know, a lot of these things are, are plaguing everybody. It's just when somebody is quote unquote, no, I'm just a normal, healthy American. Don't mind me over here. And it's like, well, you're, I mean, actually you actually, a lot of them are struggling with the same stuff, which is why, you know, even though organic acids was really kind of created for autism, well, now, I mean, everybody uses it because it's, it's applicable to everybody. And mm-hmm. we're seeing this new wave too, with uh, just how toxic our environment is becoming that now, you know, like ICI, the International Society of Environmental Acquired Illness, and we're, we're seeing this new um, kind of breed of patients and conditions of these complex, multifactorial environmental induced, well, lifestyle and environmental induced illness. And whether it's, you know, mold exposure, the, the, you know, so, and that's why I'm building this course, which probably by the time we release this podcast will be live, but you know, mold microbes and methylation, AKA like bugs and detox, you know, give me any, any disease state or condition that doesn't have microbial bug and, and metal toxicant kind of detox related mechanisms. And especially with the um, autism spectrum demographic, well, these individuals are much more genetically susceptible to mm-hmm. being more symptomatic, kind mm-hmm. of being the canaries in the coal mine. Uh, and so they're just more susceptible. But it's amazing. You pull, um, you know, dairy and gluten out of their diet. That can work wonders overnight. You clear yes. the gut of any infections. You restore the minerals. You, you know, get the metals out. Um, it's 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 truly miraculous what can happen with some just very basic interventions that are things that families and, and caregivers have 
maybe not direct control, but have dramatic influence over. And this is simple education that people need to know these things uh, to be able And you know, even like Dr. Ben Lynch, who is, you know, pretty famous these days. That's how I didn't know this actually until he did a presentation at Taka. And, um, you know, I just knew him as like the methylation MTHFR guy. I didn't realize that two of his three sons were uh, either Down syndrome or autism spectrum disorder. And that's what got him on his path with all the methylation wow. and, and right. um, detoxification biochemistry. And so you listen to Dr. Ben Lynch's work and, you know, kind of same thing is like, how do we optimize metabolic function in those with, with autism? So it's remarkable. He's, he is an amazing guy. We, that was, uh, I remember when uh, all the care started for Spectrum. And by the way, I, uh, I, I look at the, the Spectrum as you can almost see it with diagnostics. If there's somewhat of an upset, we call it a loss of focus and there's ADD. Uh, maybe they've had a lot of antibiotics. There's a lot of more, there are a lot more antibiotics we use today than we did whenever I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, you might've had one antibiotic before you're five years old. And now you could have 20 antibiotic rounds before you're two. Yeah. So the flora is uh, different. And so 10, 20 years ago, when, when the spectrum started, it was like, okay, you're slightly affected on your testing. And then it looks like uh, the straight line with arrows, you're ADD. Oh, it's you're you're super affected. Maybe you have uh, additional mineral deficiency, maybe a little heavy metals, uh, but not fully autistic. Something might be a little bit off. You're ADHD. Can't sleep well. Your uh, your brain works too fast sometimes, and you can't focus others. We're going to call that ADHD. And you can see it align almost with from from the uh, ATEC to what's going on the diagnostics. It matches. Mm. But then we'd see ADD, ADHD, uh, Asperger's, autism, tics and Tourette's, and schizophrenia. And if you can catch it early before things went in, into that direction, then of course, it was an easier cleanup. Do, mm -hmm. do some diagnostics early, uh, change uh, the, the gut status change the look at the allergies as one of the big things as much as you can allergies metals minerals mm -hmm. gut um, yes. these these bugs produce metabolites which which then uh, cause a drunken brain or acetylhyde and chemical in the brain yeah. so maybe you could stop it right there before things progress and before you had to use medication to mm -hmm. to uh, you know keep the brain on the on the correct tilt mm -hmm. um but dr one thing I love about Ben Lynch is that uh, he is brilliant. We needed someone like him to come along in autism that knew the methylation picture. We, we were missing that part. We knew about methyl B12 as a big thing, but I love his work. And then he kind of flips the other way and says, the genetics are, uh, you need to know where someone has a uh, detoxification upset, mm -hmm. but do not go for all genetics and not pay attention to the fact that they are multi-pathogen ridden. Because if you clean that up, you could see a great level of recovery by just cleaning up the pathogen load. Mm -hmm. Because those pathogens are producing so much of these chemicals. Maybe you could even repair some DNA. 
right. so I th- I think he's another one of the heroes in in here too and yeah guy a, smart guy with a big heart mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I actually tried to get him on this podcast um I was politely declined but maybe another day another <laughs> day but you know his work was actually um you know so I, I actually never have shared a whole lot of of my story and and just yesterday I I don't know what it was. I woke up with a burst of inspiration. I spent four hours and I typed up a 10 page article called uh, is mold your root cause. And that was a little bit more so about um, the mold illness that I strongly theorized to be what, what plagued my, uh, my former fiance. So it was a little bit more about her and the mold illness that I think happened to her. Um, but you know, being somebody that people don't really know this about me, um, you know, I went through my childhood, whatever. And, you know, I had, I had my struggles, just like any kid growing up trying to navigate the existential craziness that is reality. But then it wasn't until I was, I was 21 years old. And then I was diagnosed with um, ADHD and major depressive disorder. And, you know, I was heavily medicated for a while. And, you know, I won't rant on a soapbox about you know, the psychiatry model and, you know, take this drug, talk to somebody. And and I think that's what is kind of the shame again, is I think maybe with uh, the autism population, I think definitely they're more susceptible. But again, that's where I, I really hope this episode reaches people of, you know, whether you're just uh, a housewife, not feeling quite as sharp and cognitively great, or, you know, the fibromyalgia, the bodily pain, people just they don't know how common a lot of this stuff is. And it's starting to, you know, it's starting to get out there more. So that's where, you know, with um, biobotanical research, I mean, I just, it, it's magical. Every time I'm talking to practitioners and trying to explain like, oh, you haven't heard of us. Well, I mean, where have you been? But um, <laughs> once we get past that, I always describe it as a, a um, it's a system, you know, I don't describe it as like, oh, supplements and individuals. No, this is a system for complex environmental acquired illness. It is, in my opinion, kind of the ultimate microbial and detoxification system. And again, that's where as I've been diving deeper and deeper into the science, we all know I'm a huge nerd like that. But it's just it's the interconnection, you know, the the methylation disturbances where okay, these these kids are toxic, these people are toxic, um, but they, you know, the CBS mutation, MTHFR, whatever it is, or then you mentioned it of like acetaldehyde that you know the candida, the invasive candida is kicking off all these aldehydes that inhibit some of the the enzymes needed to produce you know, glutathione. And it's like, oh, well, without glutathione, we can't get rid of these toxins from the body. And, you know, a lot of kind of technical stuff that I'm throwing out there. But um, nonetheless, it's just people just don't know. Uh, and they, oh, they know. They don't know. And a lot of doctors don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I remember walking around some of my first autism conferences, knowing my own health story, wondering how much to say, uh, if I was going to, to uh, send uh, practitioners running from me or just be bold and, and start telling some of the symptoms and some of the outcomes so that it could inspire the next new thing. Well, I, I started talking about this 
in, well, 1999, but in the early 2000s at the autism conferences, I knew my getting well story included these double handfuls of supplements. And that's so old school to look at the diagnostics and say, oh, you're going to need 46 different bottles of this. Yep, Mm. that's what you're going to need. We don't. We don't do that now, 20 years later. But one of the reasons why we did it back then, or I did it, was because of the assimilation problem. Mm. That grew from, uh, why, why am I able to take 2,800 milligrams of magnesium twice a day and not, not a whole lot happen? Uh, I wasn't assimilating it and I'll, for a myriad of reasons, but then went from non-assimilating to what I call smart slime, biofilm. I was trying to start a conversation with some GI docs back in, in those early uh, autism recovery conferences, and they it was just not part of their thinking. Uh, if you don't see it in a colonoscopy, it doesn't exist. I then started saying, don't make me show you some pictures because myself and clients have, people bring stuff in my office in a baggie. We need to start talking about this GI thing Someone has to start talking about it. And thankfully, I met with Dr. Usman across a dinner table in Istanbul, Turkey, Turkey at, a, at another autism conference. And she had just written about it, took it back off the internet. And I said, you got to get brave. Someone's got to talk about this. And when she did, it broke everything open. Uh, everyone had enzymatics for breaking biofilms. I called Rachel as just a friend at Biobotanical and said, I, I, th- I really think you should do a biofilm study on your product because I think the secret of your sauce is you're getting through the film and that's why it's so effective. There are a ton of herbals out there, but that's what I think it is. Fast forward, uh, in between uh, working for these two companies, I had my second wheelchair experience. I had, my dog had tripped me. I, fell down the stairs and broke both my legs in six places. Oh my God. And my fear was that from my studies that this, these new metal parts that I had would uh, be of my former health picture that I could be a a biofilm producing machine. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to have these things um, surgically removed. I just didn't want to go down. So I ended up calling Rachel and I said, what do you think about metal parts and biofilm? She's like, what are you talking about? Uh, Well, this is what happened. You're kidding. So I had started taking biocidin to ensure that I would never have a biofilm problem based on metal. And if you, if anyone, there's a a great uh, documentary that's probably free, I think now on Amazon, why am I still sick? And it connects those things. If you're still sick, Go look at that documentary. It could be this biofilm picture. Metals, microbes, methylation. Wow. Biofilm is the big picture there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I remember seeing one at one of the autism conferences where uh, in a teaching, a, a physician posted some metals tests of, that were provoked metals tests on autistic children. And the question was to the practitioner group, do you think, because nothing showed up really, do you think they have metals as part of their problem, part of their picture? Look like no. I mean, you, you, did a, you did a provocation, didn't show up, looks like no. And then she showed uh, slides after a biofilm protocols 
and then did another urine catch without provocation and the metals were pouring out. Mm. So biofilm, it was like, okay, we've arrived. Mm. Now we have the conversation, metals, microbes, methylation. Let's add biofilm to that. Too bad it's not an M word. And, <laughs> and, and make sure that that's part of the picture of the, of the protocols and recovery because that seems to be key. Yeah. You, metals, metals can hold in, I mean, biofilm can hold in metals. Metals and candida and other pathogens can magnet each other in. So keeping that as a big picture, addressing them a little at a time. Mm-hmm. We see recovery of, of, of anxiety, depression, uh, schizophrenia, Tourette's, uh, uh, so many things. Deep mm-hmm. depression. We've seen a lot of recovery from these things. These are all recoverable, all recoverable. Very much so. I'm really glad you brought up the biofilm because that's something I wanted to get to. And it's funny what you said about yeah, mold microbes, methylation, biofilm. And because um, originally, you know, like earlier on when I was trying to think of like a good title for the course, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, definitely mold microbes, methylation. But it's like, well, and metals, mold, microbe, metals, methylation. I'm like, Brennan, calm down. You know, one thing I t- and I was creating too much. But actually, I do I like I do it. plan on um, metals, methylation, microbes, mucus. There you go. There we you go. got your biofilm. I, I think we're on it you know, eventually. <laughs> and that's the fun thing about this course is, you know, it's uh, I know that this is going to turn into a long, t- never ending project. I'm just going to keep adding to it. <laughs> so, you know, my plan was actually to create uh, there's there's a good chunk of metal information in there, mercury and lead in particular. And I do want to eventually add on another two to three hours of content to it for metals. But then also, like, I, I intend to create a uh, kind of a condensed spinoff course for, you know, Autism Spectrum that's more kind of a mini course for for families, you know, that kind of simply walks them through just the basic interventions and um, basic oh, you know, strategies to apply. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, one thing I've seen is that families don't take on um, this sort of recovery because it's they're already dealing with so much. And so I think um, the longer I'm at this, I'm realizing too, though, that some folks that have spent a half a million dollars on the attempts to recover their child, they're still not doing the very basics. Mm -hmm. So please stop going off in left field. If you don't, if you're not going to keep them, um, it w- and what happened was I had started a, a, a little company called Total Health Coach. I had a ball cap and, and, and a whistle, and I would go and do pantry makeovers. It was to include the, the siblings who were not autistic with the kids that were autistic. And do, let's just do, let's just do it. Uh, come on, mom. You know, this is a violation. Oreos have trans fats. And it, trying to make it fun and get down to some basics. So as you start that, I, uh, I'll volunteer myself. I, I hope that somewhere born out of this too is some sort of like basic level. If you, what, what doesn't cost a whole lot, even without diagnostics, just making some basic initial changes, you're going to have some differences and then go into diagnostics and then go into some of the interventions and have Absolutely. several several levels of recovery. It's, just, it's not a night and day thing. It's, oh, yeah. It tends to happen 
um, symptoms start to drop off is what happens. Mm-hmm. So I think you do have some symptom recovery in that basic. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it now on, on this podcast. I, I feel like you and I, um, I see our paths running parallel and I see a lot of good things in the future. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear, I, I hadn't heard anything about the nonprofit that you mentioned there. And it's interesting. If you ask my father, I literally just two weeks ago, I was like, Hey dad, what do you know about starting a nonprofit? And he's like, why? I was like, I just have some ideas I'm kicking around for the next five years or so. Just me. Um, that's awesome. Getting back to the, the biofilm. Um, super glad you brought that up because it's not talked about nearly enough. I like, I don't think the common person off the street would have any clue or even in, in our industry. Um, you know, you say biofilm and people are like, Oh, but, um, but yeah, as you said, you know, there's a lot of different kind of enzymatic, um, biofilm disrupting. So sort of, you know, enzymatically punch a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, to almost like back up though, cause this biofilm stuff, it's so, so fascinating and a total game changer. Um, you know, you, you think about what it really is of this like slime goo that these different microbes, bacteria, candida, especially, uh, you know, produce as like a, a home, a colony, uh, a communication network. But as you said, it, it sequesters metals and toxins and, you know, you can start kind of going down this rabbit hole of like, well, uh, candida grows to protect the body from metals, but then the metals irreversibly bind to oxalic acid and sequester in the biofilm. And then the biofilm protects the bacteria from antibiotics. And it's just like, oh my gosh. But that's where, again, kind of the, the power of like the biocidin. So if you were to explain to somebody what is biofilm, and how does biocidin work on biofilm? What would you say? I would say uh, a simple explanation would be, okay, what is biofilm? You have uh, free-flowing bugs, a planktonic, but there is a stage where bugs can, uh, different species, as a matter of fact, fungus can call out to bacteria Uh, the immune system isn't what it should. And so they have an opportunity to get together so that they can uh, do more damage to the host. And part, so they call out to each other and then they're going to create sort of a a raincoat to protect themselves and they become more antibiotic resistant. Some of these things there, I mean, there are even foods that break biofilm. So I think the biofilm levels can go up and down depending what someone's eating, what their immune status is, what their stress levels are. So this can be built and rebuilt, built and rebuilt, fall apart and rebuilt. Who who knows? We haven't studied it enough. But what we can, I can say this: in uh, for the first time after twenty years, I saw under a live blood uh, live blood analysis in London a couple of weeks ago. Because a lot of dentistry knows about biofilm, it hardens onto the tooth, and that's called plaque. And in the, in the um, holistic dentistry offices we were looking at, you could see a white blood cell coming to the rescue of infection was happening and the biofilm was actually growing and protecting its area. So I think it's a sticky, smart raincoat, I guess you could call it. And it does bind, it it can be um, a little bit of a greenhouse effect of growing even more virulence Mm -hmm. underneath it 
And then the end stages of it is going to spit out again some chemical process that is harder on the host to, to deal with. Um, in a in a I, in a visual way, uh, back in the early two thousands, when we got to Dr. Shaw's levels before bios, before biocidin, uh, to a, a high dosing um, uh, nystatin, mm -hmm. we saw film come off the eyeball, extract out of the ear, roll off the tongue and extract from from uh, the bowel it could be it could cover the bowel like a raincoat or come out as a tubular pasta and they would they would bring it into my office so fast forward to biocidin that's that's when i thought well i've never seen a non-medication do that and by uh, looking at some of the uh, effects of biocidin biocidin has has been studied at Binghamton university biofilm that would be the university I would have liked to have gone to as biofilm school. Mm -hmm. And what we've learned is that it kills the bugs and it displaces the, the, the film. Uh, it, it, it uh, disrupts the communication when those species want to call out to each other, but every stage, all five stages of biofilm, biocidin was effective with. So whether, you know, now with Lyme, potentially intracellular biofilm. If we are looking at a liposomal biocide and looking at affecting intracellular biofilms and all those bugs that are out there and stealth bugs that are on the way, I think this is, uh, it's really something powerful for multi-species, mm -hmm. multi-species. Exactly. It's, it's, I mean, it's truly remarkable. And what's kind of fun is um, it's like, we know it works. It's now trying to like work backwards mm -hmm. of like, how is right. it doing this? Like yes. it, it's, you know, That's as long part. as it's been in existence, it's, it's done what it does. And then, you know, doing all of this research, like our Lyme research that just came out not horribly long ago, or I guess it's been out for a minute now. And that, especially too, not, not that. Not to go off into a tangent on on Lyme, but certainly that's a huge thing these days. That's, you know, um, very hot topic, very de detrimental, very misunderstood. And it's like, there's no, there's no standard or consensus in the Lyme world. There's right. almost like nothing that everybody is agreeing upon other than you got to keep going, keep trying until yes. something works. And so I think it's super exciting with, um, you know, even if somebody is going to need antibiotics like doxycycline mm -hmm. or whatever, the beautiful thing is, you know, with the biocidin, especially the liposomal, which I mean, liposomal, the throat spray and the toothpaste are the three things I always tell all my clients, like you just always want to have those on hand, period. Like literally just yesterday, my project manager was kind of sick and I was telling her like, do a neti pot? Like, do you have any LSF yes. on hand? And she's like, no. You you do work with me and you don't have any LSF on hand. I mean, I rinse my nostrils just in honor of her, but you know, especially with the um <laughs> with the kind of Lyme epidemic and you know, three three hundred thousand new cases every year, says the CDC and stealth bugs. What wow. I think a huge part of the problem that people people are not talking about enough is um yeah you know the antibiotic resistance where the Borrelia bacteria is extremely stealthy you know it can change mm -hmm. its its surface proteins to hide from the immune system it can change its form 
you know, round body or kind of curl up, whatever it's doing, it can burrow into the tissues. But what people don't understand is even if you are using antibiotic treatment through, you know, your medical doctor, is the antibiotics might not even be reaching it or, you know, it spits it out, you know, through that efflux bump. And so what we know through our research is not only are we disrupting the biofilm that's protecting the bug from, you know, whether it's the biocidin or the antibiotic or both, but then also when we can disable the efflux pump and the, the bacteria can't spit out the thing that's killing it, you know, there, there we go. So when you start, it's, it's just remarkable when you start, you know, really looking into the biofilm part of the conversation and you look at, you know, again, this kind of brings it all together of whether we're talking about autism spectrum, environmental acquired illness, the gut brain connection, toxicity of metals and toxicants and chemicals, um, which is the all it's the cocktail. It's the toxic cocktail that I think is really plaguing uh, our, our society and our world today. And the biofilm is just such a huge piece of that that is not well known enough, you know. It's not well known enough. Uh, and yet, uh, I found in this past couple of years, uh, I, I'm not sure why things have to be um, uh, so controversial and, and so taboo to talk about when uh, this is where I liked talking to hundreds and hundreds of. Um, autism families are almost um, just interviewing them over and over and over again to see how, how'd you get there and how'd you get out? How'd you get there and how'd you get out? Because I'm going to take your story. I'm going to go share it with a hundred more. Yeah. Well, uh, a, a lot of them spoke about this film. I recognized this film in, in my dire illness. And for, for I guess, uh, I, I guess there are political sides to it. I don't know, but if you go to a gastro doctor, they will, you know, shake their head and say, if it's, if it, if it didn't show up on a colonoscopy, it's not there. Yet, this conversation of biofilm came out of where? Amsterdam, somewhere, I can't think of where, hundreds of years ago. And it, it was all a conversation in the dental world. Mm. So it's for some reason just hasn't crossed over, or there's a political divide there among different types of practitioners, which is a shame because, uh, when I uh, started to recognize these things, not only for the gut biofilms, but for the oral biofilms, one of, one of the first folks that I helped to scholarship was a psychiatrist who was um, no longer married, out of practice, mentally challenged herself on 17 medications, and oral care of was, uh, just wasn't there. And so we started with one bottle of biocidin. And I said, you know, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to wipe it in the nose. She's got a little bit of uh, inflammation in her sinuses. And we're going to swish and spit. We're going to take it orally, but she could never get started orally. Her Mm -hmm. body was in such upset. We just had to stay with the swish and spit and wiping in the nose for a while, which is common also for autism. We just can't. It's just so potent. Mm -hmm. So we conversed for a few months. And then we lost track. And then I saw at another uh, IMMH conference, men, men, uh, Integrative Medicine for Mental Health Conference. She was vibrant. She was off of 14 out of her 17 medications. Her teeth were gorgeous. She was engaged. 
uh, engaged to be married, but also engaged as far as uh, talking to me. And I stood in front of another miracle. I just, I, golly, once you see that, not only in yourself, but in others, you just can't do anything else, like you said, with your life. You see someone's life restored, relationships yeah. restored, relationships restored, much less life restored. We have, you know, so much of that in the in the family these days. Uh, I think a lot of this illness we tend to think is someone's personality. Mm. Then they get well from these things, and they their personality changes, and they come back to life, and they're able to be a part of this planet again mm. and, and help help the next person. Yeah. It, you know, and it's so true. That's kind of gets into my philosophy that I've written about before. And I'm including in my course where we can't separate physiology and psychology. You know, we, you know, we all know of like, oh, well, stress raises cortisol, suppresses secretory IgA, opens the door for infection. You know, so it's like we have plenty of objective data to validate how psychoemotional directly um, influences biochemical, physiological, but also vice versa, though. And that was, you know, honestly, before I really started cultivating more of my spirituality side and all of that, and I was still really just more, um, you know, struggling with my own health, wanting to help other people and myself. Uh, you know, it was the objective science that mm -hmm. like, for some people, I think other people, maybe they start with spiritual and then kind of come around to science. Not everybody is is, is science minded. But for me, that was kind of the big thing that set me on my path and expedited, expedited my healing is, you know, it's like, oh, you, you just need to talk to somebody. You need to do dialectical therapy and, you know, talk through your traumas. And it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't think I have like a bad attitude. I just don't feel good. Like right. I don't feel exactly. the way I want to feel. Yes. Um, and I know. can't express all that, what that means. Yeah. And you since know. it, you know, you you know, you know how it is. You get those initial uh, labs back that are more conventional mm -hmm. labs. Everything looks great. Don't know what yeah. the problem is. But if you do these specialty labs, that's where you see the deep stuff. That's where you can really work, um, and you can get creative with. Um, the, the, I I said it from the beginning when I was working, when I was, you know, went to um, train in nutrition, I wanted to focus on all things microbial, but I quickly saw that every doctor needed a health coach because mm -hmm. they do not have time in their 10 minutes to, to help folks walk out what it's going to take. And I met Reed Davis and about 10 years ago, we were like, ah, you know, as soon as we met each other, oh, world needs a health coach. Oh yes, absolutely. And just had a love for all FDNs after that and loved the idea that the, that the, this type of health coach knew diagnostics. Well, I thought that was fantastic. I still think that I'm glad and, and see, see how we come full circle and now I get to meet you and, and what you're doing and what your passions are. Some of these things are super simple and it just needs someone to hold your hand through them or or just you know describe them they a health coach can be there to listen to those symptoms that the conventional doctor can't hear and mm -hmm. so that's you as you just said who who are you going to tell that to yeah even the psychiatrist really can't really always pinpoint that either so when, when you marry all that together 
uh, tell psychiatrists, holistic psychiatrists this, we need you. We need to know, someone needs to know the level of medication that you're going to give for now at this level of illness and metabolic upset and adjust that as they get well physically because they're not going to need that level of medication any longer. You could really cause a lot of damage if you don't know that integration. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's this whole community that's meeting next week knows about. It's what you know about. We, we, need, we need to have more conversations, and I'm, I'm glad we finally are. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such an exciting time for this, for this industry, and it, it's, it's really been a, a wild journey for me where – um, you know, when I kind of first got into the health and fitness space, when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, getting certified as a personal trainer, it's like, I had no idea what the state of the industry was, you know, cause, uh, you know, I was just entering it. And so the, then the deeper I've gotten into it and the, you know, um, the more that I've really seen, like this is the time right now. We are in such a pivotal moment. I could get super soapboxy and kind of zoom out of <laughs> it's a very interesting time for the human species. I mean, uh, you know, when I random fact to make that point, you know, I was 15 years old when I got my first cell phone and and uh, you know, it's a flip phone with T9 texting. So uh, 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 H uh, 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 E hello, you know, you spell out hello and it takes you like five minutes especially when you have twitchy hands and a spastic brain like me. But, um, you know, now we have these smartphones and we are connected to every shroud of information in every human on the planet all the time, 24-7. Like, it's just such a, we have never been as a species on this planet, we've never been in a situation like we are right now. Mm. We have we're dumping trillions of pounds of toxic chemicals into the environment yearly. Yes. You know, the, the fake food, uh, ex- our healthcare system exclusively relying on synthetic drugs, which don't get me wrong, we get a lot of great research out of big pharma. You know, we, I, everybody sure. loves to point the finger and say big pharma is evil. And there's definitely some issues with the system, certainly. But we also learn a lot because they have deep pockets and we can research and learn biochemistry um, and and on a very intricate level, but we're not asking the right questions and we're not looking at the right things. So when, you know, it's kind of come up multiple times, especially like with mold toxicity, which is kind of one of my biggest areas of focus these days, you know, when you've got, and I am literally thinking of like 10 of my clients right now that, Mm -hmm. you know, walk into their doctor, you know, uh, I have horrible musculoskeletal pain. Uh, I, I am chronically fatigued. I don't even want to leave the house. Uh, a horrible brain fog and depression. You know, one of my clients, literally in her testimonial that she wrote for me after you know doing some work, um, but in her testimony she had shared. I didn't know this. This wasn't until like you know five months into our work together. Um, but she she wrote me this lovely testimony, and in it she included you know, she was feeling so horrible, so much pain, so much depression that, you know, questioning, how can I continue to live like this? Like in, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to fill in the blank, but obviously in a very dark place. Yes. And to then have, she, I think she met with like three different doctors before she found me, but, um, you know, to basically be told it's all in your head and it's, 
it just like it, it breaks my heart. It absolutely breaks my heart. And and to me, I mean, maybe this is just me because I'm I'm young and I'm altruistic and I'm enthusiastic and passionate and kind of weird. But <laughs> I just to me, I'm like, let let's look around. Let's look at the evidence. What is what does science say? You know, what does evidence say? Yes. Uh, what do we have control and influence of? And I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to just ramble. But again, it's just all about the grace most involves teach people how not to need it. And and that's what this is all about, you know? Teach people not to. Just just a few basic things. Yeah. Uh, we uh, I remember starting off in, in this industry and people are like, uh, you're one of those. Yeah. You're a crunchy person. <laughs> crunchy. <You're>, yeah. <laughs> you, that means, you know, like you have to be yep. a purist yep. or not, or certainly not a, not a purist when it comes to uh, healthy eating and so forth, but it's what you do most of the time. Mm-hmm. If you probably the average person walking around isn't doing so well today, uh, health wise, just do a few basic things and see how different that you feel. Don't drink coffee uh, past the afternoon. Try to eat a, try to look at just one day of what you eat. Um, you get up in the morning and have a donut with some soda pop and then have back here in the South, we call them a pack of nabs, Nabisco's, you know, whatever package cookie or cracker that you could find for a snack. For lunch, you had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with some milk. And then for dinner, you had something out of a box that you made very quickly or in a microwave. Okay, that's probably why you don't feel so good. Just take a meal and start with some plant material. Just that more water, you're going to feel some degree different. And then build on that. You don't have to go to the extremes. You you can go to an FDN coach and get some basic labs done. And maybe tweak a thing or two, address them, try to stay there. But the I think the average person is suffering today, mm. and they don't really realize that you don't have to. It has doesn't have to be all or nothing, but that if they could be taught uh, not to need to get to that extreme level, not to need uh, the five average medications that someone is on today, mm-hmm. then they're going to have a fuller life. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole point is to have have the fuller life. Some people say, "Well, I don't want to live forever." Well, you might not, but you. What if you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and those last twenty, thirty years are downright miserable. Yeah, be- because of that thinking, you didn't really care about how how you're doing. Um, I've just had three people on my own block pass away not that long ago. Mm-hmm. I think they uh, they passed too early yeah. from lifestyle. Uh, I, in my own family, have helped uh, folks turn around some sleep issues, mental issues, depression issues, just make, making a few changes. Uh, if I had not had some of my family members live close to me, I wouldn't have caught the fact that one of them was an inch away from an autism diagnosis. Mm. And we said, I said, okay, hold the phone. Oh, we are going to do some diagnostics and spent two, let's maybe say four years restoring that child. And he has, there's nothing about him now. So we, we caught him before he slid in to that, to that diagnosis. But you, I can almost see that now. Mm-hmm. Kids that are being born and the steps that folks take nutritionally and see folks slide right into these young diagnoses. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure at, at your age, you can look around. And if you ask um, a lot of your 20 and 30 year old friends, most of them are on some sort of medication because mm-hmm. life's not going that well. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It, we're, what the next step is, is to find another medication to help the first medication. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're on many. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some, yeah, especially uh, the, the psychiatric drugs get dispensed like Halloween candy. It's, it's hard to find somebody that's not on some kind of, whether it's dopamine agonist or SSRI yeah. or, or something, you know, and especially like I, I used to be on three, I was on Wellbutrin, Vyvanse and Adderall on top of a lot of other stimulant at the same time while living in a moldy house and not knowing it. Um, yeah. But it's just... Oh, we've got 30-year-olds that are sicker than our 70-year-olds. Yeah. At this time in our culture, I I know I can think of three 25, 30-year-olds who run to, in in my circles, maybe more, who who run to the bathroom every five minutes because they have Crohn's or colitis. And I'm like, do you realize that's what an 80-year-old does? Mm -hmm. This is not normal. It might be common, but that doesn't make it normal. Yeah, and I tell moms this. I'll go into a classroom, and I'm astounded that uh, I'm. You know, I used to give uh, sessions to kids and and ask thirty kids uh, about their vegetable eating. Kids, a large amount, eighty percent of the kids that had never eaten a carrot. Wow! Mm. And then turn them on to a taste a tasting game with um, uh, it's an all natural dressing, cucumber, and a carrot. And they're like, "Oh, that's sweet." Yeah, it is. You know, ask mom for some good old veggies. Yeah. I don't know what you're eating, but yeah, we're, 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 we're as a whole, you know, not going in a good direction. I love visiting Europe. Every time I do, I get reintroduced to natural whole foods, uh, food that goes bad like that mm-hmm. in the refrigerator. My friends look at the labels like, oh, it's going to be bad in two days. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it does. It goes bad in two days. There's yeah. a reason for that. It's real food. It didn't come that far from the farm, and it's not covered up in some uh, plasticized coating or preserved coating that would. I did a test, um, and I put an, a tomato on my counter to see how long it could stay there without going rotten. It took almost 90 days. Mm, that's creepy. Before it got a black spot. 90 days. Yeah. Something about that doesn't sound right. No, that's a conventional tomato. It wasn't mm. in the window, just on the counter. I wanted to see how long it would take. And then I also, uh, and, you know, just, I love teaching kids about uh, just the basics of food. When you tell them what an Oreo type trans fat will do to the brain, makes your brain sticky and foggy and you can't answer any questions in class. And oh my gosh, if you're, if they think that you're not very smart, then you, then you, what if you only have, friends they're like i don't want that stuff mom yeah please take it out of the house (laughs) yeah you know that's the beautiful thing like kids are kids are so beautiful and innocent and you know they haven't you know it's like some catcher in the rye syndrome kind of stuff but uh they are they're they're so adaptable and they're so you know pure and just kind of embody unconditional love because yeah when you tell a kid when you teach a kid and you know, I feel more, believe it or not, I, uh, interesting, you know, I feel more comfortable speaking about this now after having released that article yesterday, but I used to, 
um, you know, help raise these, these three kids because um, uh-huh. I was engaged to their mom and beautiful experience, absolutely beautiful experience. But I remember, you know, with them, like teaching them to be more mindful and teaching like, well, you know, they start acting up and they're getting grumpy and whatever. And you, you, you challenge them a little bit of like, why, why do you think you feel this way? You don't seem yes. to feel, well, I just, I just, I don't, I just feel kind of, er, you know, it's like, so did, do you think you got enough sleep last night? Do you feel tired? Well, I guess I am kind of tired. And well, remember when you had that sugary breakfast cereal instead of eating the eggs that I cooked you? Do you think that had anything to, uh, you, they, they start getting yes. it. They're very intuitive and Love humans, that. humans are very intuitive, but we, we lose our intuition through our domestication of, of society and we get domesticated and programmed and belief systems instilled into us. And we completely lose oh, that, that. I think that's, session. I think you're totally right on. And yeah. part of that is our, our uh, attachment to media yeah. and, and then you lose the, the intuition. Part of the nonprofit is my hope is that you almost create, not only uh, a plan for health for spectrum kids, but also to bring a family back together, keep them connected for, for you, you, you could have a, a nonverbal child and two other kids. They, they're not, there's no real teaching that goes on to keep everybody connected. Uh, you, you're intuitive about when your brother who is nonverbal is getting ready to have a meltdown, uh, but also to take, to take care of those that are not autistic and keep them healthy, as we described, just on basic good foods. You, you can go gluten or case, gluten and casein free and still be eating junk food, mm-hmm. but to keep them on some plant food, keep them healthy so that they don't go into depression or anxiety because they have a screaming autistic child that keeps them up all night long. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I think it's over 90% of uh, uh, families um, with an uh, autistic child in there that are that are headed for divorce. Mm. So part of the nonprofit is to try to keep that. Uh, let's just get real time, you know, for family and for for the uh, table uh, to be that meeting place in the afternoon and teaching the whole family. Some of these uh, iPads are fantastic for communication for the nonverbal kid. Then you have to have that non-screen time and family time and try to keep the family together. That's all part of a big plan somewhere in my mind. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I think it, it's, it's beautiful bringing it all together. So whew, what a, what an amazing <laughs> and, you know, beautiful story. And, and, and that's the thing. It's, there's nothing more beautiful than when we share our stories and all learn together. Cause that's, that's how we, I, you know, I'm a firm believer, like we're all on this planet to learn and grow together and practice unconditional love and all elevate one another. And, you know, the only way to do that is, is through sharing our stories and our experiences. That's how we learn. It's not all the, the political and, and whatever it's, and we've got to be sharing our stories and experiences and messages and, um, I think you just have such an amazing story that it, we are seeing how much your story is impacting so many lives. I mean, you look at your career and what you're doing now, it's remarkable work. And I'm just really excited to see what the future brings. I think, I think it's going to be an amazing ride. It is.
beautiful. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm thrilled for where everything is going. Um, I, I will no longer try to bow out and become a Walmart, Walmart greeter because I, I see that there's a place that I can be, uh, not, not that that's not a help because those, those fo- greeting someone, even that simple thing on a daily basis is really something. Yes. But to be a part of someone's recovery to health would be something I hope I do for the rest of my life with, without, without end. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I want to make sure I don't take up your whole day. So to kind of wrap this up, if you had to give, you know, three pearls of wisdom to, you know, the, the parents of an autistic child, what would those three pearls be? Ah, the three pearls. um, I would say number one, um, to remember that you're not alone in this because a lot of them are single parents Mm -hmm. to reach out and get help and assistance. Uh, We now have churches that give respite and those, those parents like any of us, if you're under that much 24 hour strain, uh, realizing some that this is a spectrum, so some are slightly affected and some are mega affected. So, for the parents, you're not alone. Reach out and get some respite help, and group yourselves together with a community so that you can do this. This is this is quite a journey. Uh, number two is don't believe anyone that tells you that this is not recoverable. It's recoverable at some level. I. And, and, and no one can talk me out of that. I have seen so much of, of uh, recovery that you can. So most most folks meet a family or two with autism. Some doctors might have a few in their practice, but those within the community who have been around uh, autism recovery this many years, uh, there's just no way you can talk me out of it. It's my my visual experience. I saw the car accident. I can tell you how that car accident happened. And, and, you know, what happened later, you can't talk me out of it. So don't believe that it's not recoverable, at least at some level. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also don't believe that it will, it'll break your bank there, that it's not affordable because uh, there are now group fundings for such things. Uh, if you can find the way and find the pattern and find the plan with a coach such as yourself, then you can in, involve family members into this recovery where that's the Christmas present. That's the birthday present is to pay for a lab because that lab's going to show some insight and it's going to make a difference, not only in the child, but for the whole family. So there's always hope. It's never hopeless and keep going. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. I love that. Beautiful. You know, this has been just, um, Truly an honor. I, I thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story. Um, you know, and, and that's the whole mission of this podcast is to get this kind of information out there. Thank you. Uh, I, I, as I mentioned before, we did this. I used to tell my story and become very symptomatic, and then I couldn't speak. I would, I would actually almost be like seizure-like again in the very beginning. So now it's fun to tell the story because I don't get symptomatic. I'm in a further, it's, t- it's taken me quite a few years to get to this point. The first couple of years I saw a dramatic turnaround, but as, as each year goes by, uh, I'm more and more healed in, in, in many ways. And, and now you've given the platform 
for me to tell such a story because what was I going to do? You know, you know, call someone up and uh, but as as this community gets busy, I'm glad we have someone like you that also has your own uh, illness to wellness story and can work in this field. Your brain is amazing and you are teaching so many. So I'm thankful for you to keep going. Thank you. Well, we're going to do amazing things together. Yeah. And yeah. I can't wait to see you sometime soon this year. Yeah. It'll be fun. Absolutely. Yep. See you next month at the party. Can't wait. <laughs> It'll be good. Well, thank you again. I'll let you um, move on with your day. We'll get this episode posted. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think I'm, I, I think me and my team will do something. I, I don't know what yet. If I wanted to do something like where, I don't know, um, families with children with autism, like, okay, you know, get an organic acid test and we'll do the interpretation for free or something. I just, this, this information needs to reach more people. And, um, well, I'll tell you what, if you do something like that, I volunteer my time to be a part of that. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll talk at the party. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.